Welcome to Brain-Based Parenting, the Boys Ranch podcast for families. We all know how hard being a parent is, and sometimes it feels like there are no good answers to the difficult questions families have when their kids are struggling. Our goal each week will be to try and answer some of those tough questions, utilizing the knowledge, experience, and professional training Cal Farley's Boys Ranch has to offer. Now here is your host, Cal Farley Staff Development Coordinator, Joshua Sprock. Welcome back, everyone, and thank you for joining us today as we continue our journey talking about brain-based parenting. Today, we're going to introduce Cal Farley's model of leadership and service. To do that, I'm joined by Michelle Meiketter. Hello. Suzanne Wright. Good morning. And Mike Wilhelm. Howdy. All right, so each week, we start out our discussion by asking the panel our question of the day. And today, since we're talking about our model of leadership and service, and that led me to models, my question for you is, if Hollywood was to make a movie about your life, what actor or actress would play you? Yeah, go ahead, Suzanne. Suzanne, want to start? Uh, Well, I think that I would choose uh, Dame Maggie Smith, who played the Dowager Countess in uh, Downton Abbey, was also Professor McGonagall in uh, Harry Potter. But I I like her wit. She's a little snarky. She's (laughs) quick-witted. And I think... I think she would be the perfect person to play me. I think I'd have to say Jada Pinkett Smith. I appreciate her powerfulness, her wit also, um, and her grace and style. You know, we're just imagining who would play us, Michelle, but Chaplin Wilhelm has actually already been portrayed in a movie. That's true. Well, I was just going to say, I think I would choose Richard T. Jones. Um, (laughs) He was... uh, was Known as the captain of the helicopter that crashed in Godzilla. (laughs) And he was in, uh, let's see, what else was he in? Um, Life's Journey, Hear No Evil, uh, Atlas Shrugged 2. I think he's just... I think he's just my favorite actor, and I think I, that he would be the one I would. Wait a minute! I think he already has. Portrayed yes, him. yes, he did. He did. Oh, okay, yeah, no, I forgot about that. Okay, so <laughs> Richard what, T. Jones. What was the name of that movie? Edge of the World. Yeah. About Cal Farley's about Boys Cal Farley's Boys Ranch. Yeah. I, I do remember that when he was chosen to play you, we always we we all agreed that he was a much younger, better looking version <laughs> of you, Chaplin Wilhelm. Ouch. <laughs> You're probably right. Josh, he's going to play yeah, you. Yeah, he's going to play you. Oh, well, of course it'd be Jason Statham. Oh. Because, you know, I have the muscles and everything. That's and, there's such physical similarities. Yes, yes there is. And, and, yes. And the, and the British accent. And, and the bald head. The bald head. If, if we're being honest, it's the bald head, right? All right, so today we're going to do an overview of the model of leadership of service. So give me an overview of what the model of leadership and service is and why it is so important. So our model of leadership and service is named that because it applies to everyone, the families we work with, ourselves, um, our team members. We believe that there are six basic needs that everyone has, safety, belonging, achievement, power, purpose, and adventure. And we believe that when these needs are met, everyone can meet their fullest potential. All right. So you guys give me a quick overview of maybe how each of those impact uh, working with kids. I think what we always start with or try to start with is instilling a sense of safety. And that's for everybody. It is for the kids, but um, for our staff and our families as well. And belonging. And then is another big piece of feeling welcome and invited 
And then achievement, we have a lot of opportunities for kids to try on new things out here. So we were just talking about this morning that even if kids have never um, had the chance to participate in adventure in adventure activities like um, we just did a Spartan race or rodeo activities, that they have new things they can try out here as part of their achievement. And then we'll talk a little bit about power, being able to have self-control and respond the way you want to instead of continually emotionally reacting to things. Purpose is something we talk about, looking at something larger than yourself. And then adventure, another piece of achievement and adventure go together is all the different things that we offer as a way of learning about yourself and trying to learn new skills. One thing we often talk about in regards to our model of leadership is that relationships are unconditional and restorative, are key to meeting these needs. Can you talk to our audience about what that means? So a big part of feeling safe and belonging is the relationships that you're involved in. And when we talk about unconditional, it means that regardless of your ability to follow the rules or to respond in a way that I want you to respond, that we realize that you have worth and we care about you. And then I think of restorative as being something that can be restored regardless of mistakes that are made or missteps that are taken, that we will allow the opportunity to restore the relationship regardless of any, you know, anything that ruptures that. Uh, Josh, I'd add to that from, from a Christian chaplain perspective, w- once again, this, this whole thing of uh, being um, a model leadership and service and brain-informed child care, it's not a take it or leave it, but it's a take it or blow it. And those, I know some of the listeners might be non-religious, and, and uh, I think what we're talking about, obviously, these are universal human principles. Mm-hmm. There might be a lot of listeners that, like myself, that are Christian listeners and trying to help people from that perspective and those that might be wondering is this really does this jive with my christian faith i'll tell you my journey with this and learning is that it, it, it absolutely does and it honors the way god's made us and if you were to um, uh, to consider what restorative relationships are like unconditional and restorative that's the whole story of our old testament mm-hmm. And if you if you make sure that you take a step back to see what the whole story is about, you know, Hosea 11.1 1 says, When Israel was a child, I loved him, and out of Egypt I called my son. And then watch how God deals with Israel. And it is not punitive, but it is restorative. And um, it's, it's dis- even the, the discipline involved all leads to restoration and hope and life. And so that's the pattern of what we do. In the first podcast, Michelle mentioned being curious. And when we are curious about what motivates behavior, it, it helps us not to take it personally, right? So when, when a child misbehaves or acts out or says something hateful or hurtful, and we take it at face value, it's easy to want to put limits on our relationship or to even walk away from that relationship. But when we're curious about what motivated the child to speak or behave in that way, it's easier for us to provide an unconditional and restorative relationship when we understand what the goal of behavior is. Yeah. And then that goes back to safety again, because we can't be curious if we don't feel safe. And so whenever we're not, you know, able to be in that open and curious space is when we're feeling unsafe ourselves. And so it ties right back to that. And actually, when Chaplain Wilhelm was talking about restoration, it actually made me think of it differently than I ever have before, just about relationships are meant to be restorative in that um, create wellness and joy 
right? And sometimes we forget that that's a piece of it too, is, mm-hmm. is actually yeah. enjoyment and, and wellness brought, you know, through the relationship. So Nice fruit of this is if to um, have a relationship that's restorative and not punitive and the, the, um, following principles of this model leadership and service that Michelle outlined so well. What you end up with is you're dealing with a, a kid that you can trust with your car keys rather than a kid that is going to be learned to be uh, to perform, uh, to please, but actually be sneaky, and you really don't have real trust. And so what I appreciate about the model is it leads to a real trusting relationships and character formation. So one of the things I really appreciate about the model of leadership and service is it acts as kind of a guide or a lens on how I make decisions in working with kids. So how, for you all, does the model of leadership and service influence your decision-making when determining how to work with individual kids? I think we use it as a guide to determine if a child's needs are met or not. So frequently, when we look at behavior, that is an indication of an unmet need. So we start with safety. You know, is in this situation, does the child feel safe or is their behavior an indicator that they feel unsafe in some way. And that could be unsafe physically or mentally or socially Mm -hmm. um, or in any other way. And so if we meet that need, frequently the behavior goes away. And so we, we look at it as a template to determine if a child's needs are met. Yeah. And then I think of it, again, I think of it with staff too. Whenever we um, look at issues that staff may be having, kids and staff together, a lot of times looking at those things on both sides, if, if the staff was feeling safe, if the staff is feeling like they belong and have support, um, and then how that it's impacting their interactions with the kids. And so um, I think anytime we look at any kind of issues, this is what we're filtering it through for everybody. I think, too, that as a parent, it's just as important that your needs are met. And you don't have necessarily co-workers or a team who are looking at you making sure your needs are met um you you know you are working and you're struggling to care for your children and you have all sorts of demands upon your time and obligations and some of your needs may not be met and when that's the case it will surely impact your ability to meet your kids needs and to be calm and to be curious yep josh i give you let me give you a, a story a personal story of, I think kind of shows this and it shows some of uh, how God has worked on me with this. And I think I've learned a few things <laughs> and still learning, but that I had a team of, of uh, teenage kids on a retreat and they were a mixture of, of boys ranch kids and kids from off ranch and uh, from uh, non boys ranch kids. And this group of teens were meeting together for a purpose of, uh, of, of prayer and then preparing to go and serve uh, some pre-adolescent kids at another camp. So it was a, um, it was a ministry team that we'd put together. And I had a, one of our boys ranch kids pulled me aside and said, sir, says, I hate to be a snitch, but I'll just use the word Johnny, surname Johnny, but Johnny is smoking. And, uh, and I did notice this peculiar behavior where this kid seemed awfully nervous and was gone in and out of the room a lot. And uh, our our kid, our boys ranch kid, was really alarmed about that. And I, I immediately, I did feel the reaction come on. We talked last episode about reaction versus responding. Mm-hmm. 
And this particular boy, um, I happen to know, came from a very, very unfortunate background. And my knee-jerk reaction was, this is a ministry team, a ministry setting. That is not okay. That is way not okay. And I thought, I'm going to communicate that clearly to Johnny and then send him home. And I caught my breath and I thought about everything that we were all about there, belonging and safety and forgiveness that in, in Jesus Christ. And that's what's being proclaimed in this group. And I thought, okay, wait a minute. So the kids were all aware that this boy was smoking. It was the elephant in the living room. I'm, I'm the last guy to, 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 to <laughs> figure get a it memo, out, right? Which is just pretty much how it usually goes. <laughs> So we just had a family meeting in the room, and we just talked about it, and uh, and then asked, uh, and and Johnny was so relieved because he felt so sh- ashamed that he was sneaking out, and he loved our group, and we uh, decided together, asked how we could help him, and so we decided to said Johnny, no, we can't have you smoking here on this trip right but we don't we want you to stay and that was such a powerful moment of belonging for him and there was safety in the room and what we all decided the kids were so loving and said johnny would you just do this every time you're needing a cigarette would you just tell us and let us pray over you Mm. and that's what he did and that's how we rolled for the rest of the weekend and it was a it was a beautiful trip and i i know that um I, I learned a lot through that, and Johnny was a gift to me, but that was the principles of this model of leadership and service that helped uh, inform that decision, and we were all the better for it. So I would not have made that – I would have reacted years before and, and not have handled it the same way. I think, too, that just what you're talking about, looking behind the behavior, right, and being curious about it, because as you were saying that, I was thinking, I bet that was – you know, it's an anxiety-provoking situation. It's a stressful situation, um, even though the kids want to be participant in it. It's still stressful, you know, to them. And I was thinking about how my own daughter, whenever she's very anxious, will take that out on me. So a lot of times she's rude to me or disrespectful to me when she's anxious. And so being able to take that pause, I think, is what you mentioned on another episode, but to take that breath and that pause to realize what's behind the actual behavior that's bothering you so that you can help address that is what's going to, you know, be helpful for everybody instead of kind of your knee jerk reaction was to go, you know, controlling and punitive, which would have ended in a much uglier situation for everybody. Um, And so I do think that's a big piece of this is looking at what needs are driving the behavior and what's underneath, you know, what's the actual thing that you think is the problem is not the problem. Sure. And, and for those listening, I I wouldn't, recommend that as a cookie cutter approach to smoking problems yeah. or teens or <laughs> yeah. this this will always that we did everything right with what we did or that will always work out that way but it did change our how we viewed the situation how we viewed Johnny and the fact that we intended to restore him and we're trying our best to uh, to be restorative rather than punitive and have belonging rather than banishment mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so the last thing I want to talk about today, and you guys have kind of touched on this a bit, but how about the model leadership in service being useful in working with adults? You know, yeah, one of the things I, I talk about is whenever I'm behaving badly, I hope that someone cares enough about me to come ask me what's going on with me and, and why are you behaving different than how you normally are. And 
so I think we, we ask that people do that with kids, but also with each other, so that when we aren't being our best self, that there's something underneath that, and we need someone to bring us in closer and to be curious about what's going on with us. I think that can work in any type of relationship, right? It can work with your spouse. Mm-hmm. It can work with a coworker, with a supervisor, employee situation that you see somebody behave and you need to be curious about that mm-hmm. and be curious through the lens of are their needs being met, right? So so often we look at behavior and we think it is related to the context we're currently in when it could have been triggered by something that happened before, right? So somebody's struggling at work, but it's because there are problems at home Mm -hmm. or they bring problems from work home into their family. And so that curiosity will always be valuable to us in any relationship that we have. All right. Thank you all for joining us today on this journey. And I hope you'll come back next week when we really dive deep into the core of our model and we'll talk about safety. Until then, Remember, you may have to loan out your frontal lobes today. Just remember to make sure and get them back. Thank you for listening to Brain-Based Parenting. We hope you enjoyed this show. If you would like more information about Cal Farley's Boys Ranch, are interested in employment, would like information about placing your child, or would like to help us help children by donating to our mission, please visit calfarley.org. You can find us on all social media platforms by searching for Cal Farley's. Thank you for spending your time with us and have a blessed day.